Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as I say on every show, we've got a great one for you today because Brianna is really doing some great things. She's a Christian artist. Um, and as many of you know, we've got a faith story like unbelievable. So anybody that, that is within the Christian community, I really love bringing them on too. So, Brianna, are you here? Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for having hey. me on. That's our pleasure. Um, so, so how are things going right now through this whole COVID stuff? You know, um, can't really complain. I'm just, you know, trying to practice my social distancing. I've been doing a lot of um, Skype writing, um, which has been nice. Oh, wow. um, I do miss my in-person rights, but I'm starting <laughs> to slowly get back into the in-person rights. Um, so... But for the most yeah, we part, under- you know, trying to plug along and keep motivated, work out, you know, stay uh, up to date with my readings and work and music and church and all of that mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah. Because that's the thing that we miss the most is church. I mean, we miss a lot of stuff, but but church for us, I mean, it was almost like a um, – a cult for us in in a, in a way because we were there every weekend. We were there Wednesday, and when we travel, we go to tr- wherever, wherever our local church is where we travel. We would be there. Yes, so I'm we were, here now. Though we we do okay. really miss church, and the our kids miss it too, especially our eight year old. <laughs> yeah, you know, he loves church. But that that's been our biggest thing here. And and what's one yes. cool thing is um we visited Florida um this past weekend mm-hmm. and we go we go to Jacksonville a lot and one of the one of the churches that we go to from time to time, they last weekend they opened back up. So we were able to attend church down there this past weekend. Oh, that's yes. great. Yeah, I actually went back to uh my church up here in Franklin, um oh, well, Tennessee. That's awesome. This sun or last Sunday, which was nice. Uh, we've been doing online church, which isn't mm, quite the yeah. same, but it, yeah. you know, you do what you got to do. But it was really nice <laughs> to be back and to be, you know, uh, doing corporate worship in a church mm-hmm. and with others. Um, so, yeah, because I see people on Facebook all the time talk about, you know, well. We just do online and all that. And and what they don't understand with us is even before COVID, we went to um, two different local churches a week that mm-hmm. we we did that we believe in here locally on a local level for corporate worship. But then we also listen to five to seven sermons a week from other churches that we love online. So we've already been doing the online for five seven years. Yep. Yes. But we you know <clears throat> you know but. You know, so we, so if I feel like we lost that corporate part, and it was really again the churches that we come locally here in Savannah, they haven't opened back up yet. So, but since we were in Jacksonville, I was like, you know what, let's go to church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as we get started here, tell tell everybody a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of who of you. Okay, well, I'm Brianna Dominica. I'm a Christian singer, songwriter, and I'm also a suicide prevention activist and a public speaker. Um, I grew up in Lighthouse Point, Florida, and was born in Falmouth, Massachusetts. Um, and that's, that's the <laughs> short story of it. <laughs> that's fine yeah, that works yes um mm-hmm. so i like to start light before we really dig into anything heavy so tell us some, some hobbies you'd like to do outside of music um i love yoga and baking even though i try not to eat what i bake because you know don't want to pack on <laughs> pack on the pound um i do enjoy baking and doing yoga um and yeah, that's, those are my two probably non-musical favorite hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, so, what's something that you would say is quirky about you? Hmm. 
And we love this question because this question <laughs> brings out some craziness in our in the artists and and it's been amazing the stuff that people have shared. So it's been pretty cool. Yes, people have been very <laughs> honest on this question. We've had some great answers. <laughs> Um, quirky. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people would would have a ton of things to say. Um, <laughs> you should ask Sherry real quick. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> should ask Sherry. I'm sure my mother would have a ton of quirks. My father as well would have a ton to pick out. <laughs> um, gosh, I do tend to talk a lot, but I don't know if that's a quirk or not. <laughs> I don't know. I have that. It, I have that issue too. Oh, he does. <laughs> he does big time. <laughs> I've been known not to, you know, keep my mouth shut sometimes, and sometimes I don't have a filter. For the most part, I have a filter, but every now and again, I don't have a filter. So I guess those two things. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> I I used to be the same with no filter. I've filtered that over through the years, but I still talk a lot. And yes. And that was He's something I've had down. to learn with this show is, is, you know, I actually turned down, and I'm not going to say who, but I had to no. turn down an artist that was big in the 90s um, because they wanted to do a 20-minute show. And I'm like, I can't do a 20-minute show. <laughs> <laughs> You're just getting started then, huh? <laughs> yeah, we're just winding up at that point, right? Yeah, usually. <laughs> so at what age did you know this was what you wanted to do with your life with music? Well, I've been singing ever since I was in diapers. Like, my parents had me listening to all sorts of music from a young age. Mm-hmm. So I always loved music and had an appreciation for it. But it was probably around, like, second or third grade that I decided, like, I want to sing. Um, I actually got uh, asked at my church down in Florida to sing the little drummer boy at midnight mass. And uh, after that, I was like, that was my first live singing performance. And I was hooked. There was about, (laughs) I had to guess, probably... 2,000 people and oh, wow. got up there, my little fourth grade self, sang Little Drummer Boy at Midnight Mass, and uh, ever since then, I'm like, I want to be a singer. <laughs> <laughs> so you so you basically got on that stage like every artist says, and that stage bug just came. You just knew, wow, I, I got to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and you know... That's actually familiar. I mean, like I, like I told you before the show started, you're our 120th interview. And mm-hmm. I would say out of the 120 interviews that we've done, 95% of them, that's almost the same story happened to everyone where they got on that stage for, for that first time when they were younger, and they just knew they're supposed to be there. Yep, that's that's about how it happened for me been some of your musical influence including some people that maybe would be a surprise to people um i like i said i grew up listening to a ton of um different artists because uh, my parents introduced mm-hmm. me to all genres like i love andrew lloyd weber i love andrea bocelli celine whitney michael jackson <laughs> oh, wow. um so the classics, I also love Journey. Um, in contemporary <laughs> Christian vein, probably I'd have to say my two biggest influences are for King and Country and Lauren Daigle. Um, oh, wow. they're, they're my favorites. I, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> we do too, actually. Our, yeah, yes, the Christian we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so what drives you right now in your life? I mean, you, you've got to get up and you've got to do, you know, again, it's it's tough for independent artists out there to make it. So what what's that inner thing that drives you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, for, for me, it's, it's, I, my music is a, a gift from God and that, mm-hmm. that is what I'm called to do. 
um, and he's using me as a vessel. And every when I do my music, it's for him. I, I've tried to take me out of it, <laughs> um, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And just yeah, it does. In all the yeah. story back. Um, and in a way, like when I do music, that's <laughs> another point of the way I worship him and give him praise. And so that's kind of my driving North star. And we, and, you know, we try to do that with this platform, you know, exact same way, you know, we, you know, most of the artists that come on, they might not be Christian based, but they are Christian. So usually we do talk about God a little bit on not every show, but, Mm -hmm. you know, so this is kind of our way. Cause again, God gave me the gift to talk, and I'm just using it. <laughs> yep. That's good. I might borrow that. <laughs> and here's the funny thing. You can probably relate to this because for years, I mean, Sandy and I have been married 17 years now. And mm-hmm. for years, we'd be on the street and just talking. And and I would run into – and I'm not talking about strangers, not, not family or friends, but just strangers. I'd run into somebody. We'd start talking. And she would know immediately, we're going to be there 60 minutes. It's, there's just no way around it. We're going to talk. Oh, yes, many times and, <laughs> and she would roll her, roll her eyes a lot of times. Well, I've done that thousands of times. And it's kind of ironic that here we are doing a show where we average about 60 minutes of conversation. Yep. God does work so God's in been, serious yep. and it's always, yep. always working. He's been preparing us for this moment. And and that leads us to a little bit of your story. Um, I want to get your message out a little bit. Um, tell us a little bit about, about what your message is, and let's go there. Okay. Um, well, I'm very passionate about um, suicide awareness and prevention, and um, that's because it's deeply personal to me. I've lost – three family members to suicide, uh, including wow. my oldest brother, David Arthur Colomeco, my cousin, uh, Christopher mm-hmm. T. Skelton, and my aunt, um, Deborah Powell. So, uh, and I have also struggled with suicidal thoughts and feelings myself uh, due to years of bullying in middle and high school. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm in a unique position because I have seen the ramifications of making that choice. I, I have yeah. lived yeah. through that, um, which is why I never chose to take my life, even though I may have thought about mm-hmm. it, um, because I did see, I saw what it did to my mom and my dad losing a son. I saw firsthand what it did to me losing a brother um so i've i've like i said i've seen the ramifications of making that choice and that's why i never chose yeah. um, to do that myself um and like scripture says uh god turns the you know turns everything to good and i truly believe yeah, romans eight twenty eight. Yep, yep, and I truly believe he is using these family tragedies and my own personal struggle with these feelings um, to give me a platform to reach out to people and to minister to people that might be contemplating making that choice. Yeah, and see, that's kind of where we have been, too. Um, I went through 19 years of addictions until God healed me 12 years ago, but before that, I I still remember, like, it was yesterday, December 26, 2007, where I woke up feeling depressed. I, For the first time in my life, I got drunk on a Christmas day. I've never done that in my life. And I seen I was destroying our marriage. And I went through all these years of – I did. I went through molestation. I went through bullying and all that. So everything just led to this point. And I remember pleading with God <clears throat> that – Please either take this desire away or I'm taking my life. I mean, I was there. I was ready to just end it because I felt like she didn't deserve this anymore. You know, I felt like I wasn't worthy of of being with Sandy. 
at, at this point. I mean, I, I was destroying this marriage, and she never deserved this. She never put me down. She never nagged me about any of it. She always uplifted me and all that. But there I was at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom ready to end it all until God healed me. I have and now to, we talk about that. Yeah, I, I have to say I just got chill bumps when you were telling me that because you said December 26, 2007. Mm-hmm. My oldest brother took his life on December 27th, 2007. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So <clears throat> literally you experienced that the day before my brother's suicide. Yeah, I, uh, was, I, like, I was close. Whew, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I tell that story all the time to people because, again, I want people to realize, you know, it's not the like I remember. Um, we interviewed Anna Christina Cash on here, and we did her her song "Broken Roses." And I remember that one took me to the ground, in because it was about addictions. And I remember watching the video and, and and just hearing the song. You really don't get everything out of it unless you watch the video because the video at the very yeah. end was was me. This guy was on the bridge and he took his life. And I just bawled on that one. It was it, that one real, because that was me. But that could have been me, you know. And yeah. but again, it was it was by the grace of God that I sit here that I can tell the story. That he, you know, I remember him reaching. I remember me reaching out to him and pleading, and I felt like he said, "Give him, give him thirty days." And I'm, you know, then I'm thinking I'm going crazy now because who, who why would God need thirty days? I didn't understand then what I understand now when you read the Bible that every miracle was preceded by some form of obedience. Those 30 days was my obedience. And I got through those 30 days without drinking or anything. And I remember about the 27th, 28th days, since then I've had zero desire in over 12 years for any of that. That's amazing. Amazing. (laughs) But, man, I didn't realize that about, you know. As well. about the dates, crazy. Yeah, yeah, and my brother also struggled with addiction as well. Um, he had a, a cocaine addiction. Now, I never went that. I mean, I did do cocaine sometimes in the past through my addictions, but my addictions was mainly alcohol and ephedrine type pills, speed type pills. Those were my two strongholds that just could not let go and. But mainly the alcohol. That was just I just it just had me and and until I fully surrendered it to God finally on that December twenty sixth date, I just because I tried to beat it myself and it never worked. Yep. Yep. It's it's really once you surrender it to Him, um, that's that's when things start to turn around. Uh, at least it's a game changer experience um you know i was very close to my brother um mm-hmm. and i was 16 uh when he died and in that moment like something inside of me literally broke i thought about cutting my wrist mm-hmm. i thought about mm-hmm. being out in front of a car drowning because um, i just couldn't fathom a world without him in it and yeah Um, I didn't want to share my grief with my parents because they were already going through so much. I mean, they, they lost their son. I didn't want to hurt them with Mm -hmm. my grief. So I was suffering silently and, um, choosing some unhealthy coping mechanisms. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, used to cut myself and, um, and in a, a lot of ways that has, uh, like after after a lot of therapy, I learned that um, you know uh, that the same area of the brain that's activated like with an addiction is the mm-hmm. same part mm-hmm. that's activated when you like cut. So um, in a way, like so it became your addiction. Itself, yeah, 
so in a way, like cutting and self uh, harm became my addiction um, after my brother uh, passed away. And um, it wasn't until my aunt Linda noticed the cuts on my wrist and kissed them. And she said mm-hmm. it was, it was, and we were doing the dishes and she noticed the cuts. She kissed them and she said, you are a child of God and you are worthy and loved. And in that moment, I just, like you said, no. I just broke. I, I gave mm-hmm. it to him. I help, help me get through this because I can't do it on mm-hmm. my own anymore. Yeah. So, wow. So I can relate to having to surrender it all to him and just be like, I, I don't know what to do anymore. It's in your hands. <laughs> and we have to get there. I mean, if we don't yeah. get there, we don't change. I mean, because very, I mean, I remember the, there's an old wise tale story where a guy walks in a house and this dog is, this dog is whining. And, uh, and they ask the owner, well, why is, um, why is he whining like that? Oh, he's just on, he's just laying on a nail. Well, why don't he get up? Oh, it don't hurt him bad enough yet. That's where people are. And I think that until you get to that rock bottom, it's, some people do change before they hit that rock bottom, but for most, for most people, they have to hit rock bottom before they finally reach to God and say, okay, it's yours. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of a uh, Joyce Myers quote um, from her book, Confident Woman. And it says, we're, we're content in our own misery. Um, That's true. And, and that is true. It's, it's like uh, when Jesus asked the, the guy at Bathsheba, you know, do you want to be healed? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I want to be healed. Well, the real question is, are you ready to be healed? Are you ready to live mm-hmm. in what I have for you? And mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's yeah, this, that, got to just and, hand it to him. And to go even further about what the Joyce says that we're content in that. Sometimes it's not. It's even further than that. Sometimes because they get attention from it, it becomes their own little addiction that that they have to wall. They have to. They they create their own messes because it gets the attention. Yeah. <clears throat> so what's some of the things you've done within the suicide prevention thing that you're really proud of? That's helping you get through this. That 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 you've done with your music through that. Well, I'm really excited for this 2020 and um, mm. for my music because um, in the fall of 2020, I will be releasing my Warrior in Me album, which is mm. also going to be the name of the school outreach program I'm going to be launching mm. once the schools reopen. I was supposed to launch it earlier this year, but obviously COVID had another plan for me. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So uh, I'm looking forward to when the schools reopen and I can give my suicide prevention program to middle and high school students and launch the warrior in me tour. And I'm super excited to um, release this new album. It is really, um, been a long road to, to mm-hmm. get the album out and I'm really proud of the songs and I feel like as a writer, as an artist, this is truly who I am. Um yeah. and the the fullest expression of myself um that I am putting out into the world. And it <laughs> does uh carry a lot of uh, uh, or marries a lot, not just my music, but also my um, my uh, mission 
And I'm really excited about this project because I have the honor of working with an amazing producer named Nate Cornell, and he's actually a Grammy-winning producer, and he's worked with Mm -hmm. For King and Country. So that was a super cool full-circle moment, Uh, literally (laughs) the first session I had with him. I came in with my for King and Country hat, my for King and Country bracelet. <laughs> I was like, I was going to wear my for King and Country t-shirt too, but my mom was like, no, no. no. I'm like, okay, whatever you say. Um, but he's great, and he really knows how to push me, like, outside of my comfort zone in the mm-hmm. best way possible to get the best out of me. And um, I'm so excited, and we will be releasing a new single shortly, uh, which is the title track off the project, which I actually just got it back last night. Um, So I'm Mm -hmm. super excited about that. And, again, it's called Warrior in Me. Um, And we're going to play that for everybody. Yes, you are. I'm so excited about that. (laughs) So, so we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then yeah. right after that, we're going to play Warrior Me, and we're going to talk about that. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right, hang on there. All right. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
love that song. Yeah, it's a great song. Thank you so much. Tell us what inspired that. I know that you said this album is really you being vulnerable, basically. So where did this come from? Um, This kind of came from, I co-wrote it with my good buddy, um, Keith Ridenauer, down in Florida. And basically, I just had this, vision I don't know what Mm -hmm. else to call it literally woke me up (laughs) in the middle of the night saw the logo Mm -hmm. for it saw the artwork and just had this word like this phrase warrior in me and so Mm. we went to our co-write and I'm like I don't know what this means but it woke me up in the middle of the night (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I see artwork, I see an album, I see the whole nine. I, I want to write this song with this title. Mm. And like I said, I was kind of, well, I wasn't kind of, I was bullied in middle and high school. So we kind of wanted to set that with the first verse. You know, I sit here lonely, mm-hmm. I'm sad. But like the older I've gotten, I've found a confidence within me and mm-hmm. obviously for me the warrior in me is is God I mean knowing that the Holy yeah. Spirit is inside of me mm-hmm. that gives me mm-hmm. all the confidence in the world to take on whatever comes my way and yeah. <clears throat> I, I want to also say that I'm so happy that I got to give you guys a sneak peek of it and it will be released soon in the coming weeks um, as well. So I'm really excited about that. that. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Yes. we are. um, More details will be coming soon. And uh, you can visit my website, uh, briannadominica.com, to see, like, specifics and Facebook and Instagram as well for, like, specifics on the release date of that song. That is really awesome. Now, Now, one of the things I like to do on our show is I, and I think that, you know, as you know, you can't do what you need to do without a team behind you. But fans, they only really hear about the artist. They don't really hear about the people behind the artist. So we like to always allow the artist to take a couple minutes, one or two minutes, to just tell about the team. So tell us about, you know, your PR people, managers and producers and things like that, that people would never hear about. Tell us who they are and a little bit about them. Oh, yay. I am so excited you are asking this question because you are so right. It literally takes a village, and I am truly blessed. I I swear I tell people I have the best team in Nashville, um, <laughs> in the world, actually. Um, for PR, I have the amazing Sherry Cranford, who is here, <laughs> and yep, always awesome. supporting me. She's uh, literally, since I moved to Nashville, she not only does PR, but she's like, you know, mama bear and, you know, if I need anything. Um, and I'm so blessed to have her husband, um, Dallas Gregory of Song Rocket Music, be my manager. And I'm also signed as one of his writers um, to his publishing mm-hmm. company, Song Rocket Music. Um and Sharice Baltori has mentored me of Global Songwriters Connection. Um, she ha- basically helped me put together my entire Warrior in Me program. Um, yeah. My vocal coach, Judy Rodman, is amazing. Um, I've had all my IT stuff because I'm horrible with that. And website is <laughs> Jeff McMahon. And he's played key, or he played keys for Tim McGraw for 18, 19 years. Oh, wow. And he's amazing. Um, oh, my gosh. I know I'm forgetting people. Oh, Nate Cornell, <laughs> um, who's producing the album. Amazing. Love him. Um, Keith Ridenauer, who co-wrote a lot of the songs on the album, and basically all of my co-writers on this project um, mm-hmm. have been amazing. Um, th- there's I have a whole list of people, and I know I'm forgetting people, but I really do have the best team, and I am so blessed. So what does your parents think of all this? 
they I'm blessed in that department too because I literally have the most supportive parents on oh, well. the face of the planet. So, <laughs> so tell us a parent story. Tell us a story where it could be recent, it could be years ago, it don't matter. But tell us a parent story where they stepped up and they did what they went above and beyond, and you were like, "Wow, they really get this. That this is my passion." Well, um, I, I had spoken earlier about me kind of hitting rock bottom. I was in my mm-hmm. first semester at college, and it was horrible. It was not good. I was at rock bottom, and mm-hmm. I said to my parents, I said, I, I don't want to come back next semester. I don't want to finish school. And most parents, their reaction would not be great to that. And mine were like, <laughs> you know what? You do your music. That's what you're called to do. Oh, and wow. they were completely okay with that. And that's when I said, they get it. They know this is what God has call, put called for my life. And, you know, they have supported me, you know, both financially and just emotionally um, in my endeavor to do my music. And I, I really couldn't have asked for two better parents. <laughs> I wish other people had that same story because, as you know, a lot of artists don't. Because it's like yeah. as soon as you say, I want to do music, that's it. Oh, you know, because I think the misconception of music is that you're either poor or you're Blake Shelton. People don't realize <laughs> there's, actually, there's actually many levels in between. Yeah. There, there, there's <laughs> what the, I like to call like the ABCs of music. There's like the A artists. <laughs> Which are like the Blake Shelton, the freaking countries that are filling the amphitheaters, or the um, yeah. not the amphitheaters, the stadiums. Then there are the artists, like the B artists that are filling the amphitheaters. Then like the C and D artists that, you know, are just um, trying to Hang make a living <laughs> that they love. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And and that's and and I, and I think that's the big misconception because people, you know, I've you know you always hear people say, well, artists should get a real job, and I cringe on that every time I hear it. I've heard that so many times. I stop people, please don't say that because they have something better, a passion that they're living for, and just you know because I think a lot of times people's passion, they you know as they get older, they lose that passion inside of them. So then, because they've lost it, they got to steal yours. And here's what happens in, under those circumstances. I've got friends of mine, and I always like to tell this story because in case parents are listening to the show, um, I've got friends of mine that are, say, 10, 15 years into their career, and they're just miserable. And you sit down with them, you're like, well, God, you know, you've got this great lifestyle. You've got this great family. Um, how can uh, you got this awesome career and they'll stop you? They, whoa, 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 the career is the problem. And you dig a little deeper and you find out you're, you're like, but you went to college for this career. And they're like, well, I didn't want this career. My parents, my guidance counselor, my friends, they all said this is where the money's at. So they said, what, you're, what, what your passion was, you could never make money with. So now they're 15 years in their career and they're miserable. Because they've been living that lie, you know. They thought all their people around them thought the the money would be what would make them happy, and it's not that. It's living for your passion that God placed in you. Yep, a hundred percent. So, because you're talking about your parents, um, we we're a family show. I always joke that that we're a family affair. <laughs> um, so we have a third party that we consider a part of the show. <laughs> we mm-hmm. always bring our eight-year-old on to ask one question, so Sandy's going to get him on real quick to ask his question. And when Caitlin gets – she's Caitlin's 15 months old. When she gets old enough, we'll plug her in too. <laughs> yes. Here he is. Hi, Brianna. What's your favorite food? Oh, hello. Um my favorite food, I'm Italian, so I kind of have to say pasta. Like, any type of pasta yeah. is my favorite. If I could have a and last meal, I'd, I'd want it to be. Pizza? Yeah. 
Pizza's a close second. Yeah, he... <laughs> That's for everybody, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> he comes and goes. <laughs> he comes and goes quick, but he would be upset when he don't play his part. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. well, I, 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 I remember. I remember one of the interviews we did. They thought the person thought that we recorded him, so they answered. And then when he answered back about his pizza, the guy was like, "Oh, he's live." <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, he's live with us. <laughs> I'm like, hey, we're preparing him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh, my goodness. Um, the list is so long. Um, <laughs> I would love to co-write with either for King and Country or Lauren Daigle because obviously they're like my biggest influences in the vein mm-hmm. I do or in the contemporary Christian lane um, and oh goodness yeah I'd have you to probably know. want to write something different with each yeah yeah I, uh, I feel like a lot of my stuff kind of falls in the same uh, you know, spiritual uplifting mm-hmm. empowerment um, category. So I'd yeah. probably, it'd be interesting to see like one of their takes on, mm-hmm. you know, my story and what they would want to yeah. say about it. That um, would be awesome. So. Yeah, that would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, what song out there that you've heard, and it could be Christian, it could be country, it, well, it don't matter what genre, but what song out there that you've heard from somebody else that you thought, wow, I wish I wrote that? Okay, I'm going to sound so bad here, but it's for King, <laughs> for King and Country, God Only Knows. <laughs> I <laughs> wish I had written that song. I I think it's amazing. Um, And I love the music video they did for it because it kind of tied Mm -hmm. into the whole suicide prevention thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just really touched my heart. I actually had the pleasure of meeting them um, a couple of days after they had released that video at a fan event. Mm -hmm. And I waited three hours in the rain and (laughs) got to meet them. That's a fan, right? Yeah, yeah, and I said, you know, I just want to tell you how moved I was by your song, God Only Knows. Um, I lost a brother to Mm -hmm. suicide, and your music video, a lot of people don't talk about it, so I commend you for talking Mm -hmm. about it, and how beautifully you handled the issue. And um, so it was really nice for me to, like, be able to tell them how much that song inspired me um, so shortly after it was released. Uh, that is really awesome. Now, um, yeah. I'm about to ask a question in a certain way, and I'll tell you why I'm asking it in this way, because i got a purpose for this um, after, right after I ask it. Um, if what you were about to say would 100% come true, there's a reason I'm saying it this way, where do you want to be in five years? And again, the reason I'm saying it this way is we asked back this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. Mm-hmm. She's living almost to the T of what she told us five years ago. And I always want to, I always tell that story because I want people to realize five years might seem not, might not seem like a long time, but a lot can happen in five years. So if all bets were off, where would you be in five years? Well, I would like to be able be making a living doing my music and my ministry and if I could if God has it in the cards for me to settle down and have a husband and a family I'd like to start a have have a husband and start a family <laughs> so that would uh, be my five-year goal I like it life. when people add I like it when people add that to it yes yeah, I mean, that's very because important. I, 
So. I can't imagine life without Sandy. You know, we've been married 17 years. We've got a eight-year-old and a 15-month-old. I can't imagine family any other way now. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely want a family <clears throat> within the next five years and successful music and ministry. That would be awesome. Yeah. So let's say you had a friend of yours, and let's say that you've heard him sing, him or her, and they got something special. You can definitely tell there's something there. Now, this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. And let's say that they've gotten on stage. They've played maybe 20 shows, so they're just getting their feet wet in that arena. But they've been on stage. They've looked over the crowd, and they just know. They got what every artist, like even you said, that stage bug. I am in the right place. They come to you. They say, Brianna, I feel like I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Well, first I would preface by saying slow and steady wins the race. Like most people expect that this is an overnight thing and it's not. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very important to cultivate relationships and to um, network and just keep plugging away, keep going. I mean, and don't be afraid of no. I've heard no many times in my life, and all those no's have made me stronger. Um, and yeah, just keep going. If you know this is your call, it'll happen. It just might not yeah. be your timetable, but don't don't you know, be discouraged. <clears throat> You know, when you said the slow and steady, it made me think of something. I remember a friend of mine, before we started this show, and I think this is great advice, whether you're a host of a show, artist, or really anybody in general. <clears throat> but I remember asking him advice as we start this show. Um, and I remember him saying, I've got one piece of advice. Always be and stay authentic. And he said, you could be – you, you could tell every Bobby Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke because he knew we'd look up to those two and you might even pull it off. You might create an audience. He says, but the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to, to, to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. He's, and he went on to say, he says, if you, if you are authentic right from the beginning, yes, your show may grow slower, but the right audience will come. Yep. And I've never forgot that. And believe yep. me, you know, I am me. I mean, <laughs> Sandy will be the first to tell you how I am on the show is how I am in person. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. <laughs> so as we come to a close here, um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask that they kind of never do? Hmm. You guys asked, like, some really, really good questions. Um, We'd like to hear that. that, Like, I don't typically get asked, so that was really awesome. Um, Gosh, I I wouldn't know what to add. Um, (laughs) And, and, you know, we love that. In fact, that was – we created that question to help develop our show, and that's probably why a lot of people do say what you said. As we've asked so many because we've, you know, like I remember about 50, 60 shows back, um, we asked that question, and the girl was like, I just wish somebody would ask me what's quirky about me. Well, that's what that's where that question we We were like, oh, we love that. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. been in our show ever since. And the funny thing is we've had such great answers out of that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and – you know, if you want, you know, to go on and give everybody how they can reach you on social media and stuff and website and all that, that would be great. Yeah, of course. Um, my website is com, and socials, uh, Instagram and Facebook. I, I don't do Twitter, um, but Instagram and Facebook <laughs> are um, Brianna Dominica as well. Just type in Brianna Dominica and um, I, I also, before we close out, I do want to thank 
uh, you, Chris and Sandy, for having me on the show and for supporting my music. I actually want to throw in here the first written article ever done about me write up was on the Christian um, no, it was the Christian buzz or Christian music buzz <laughs> that you guys did. Uh, and that oh, was wow. the first write up I ever got. So oh, that's pretty such cool. A little full circle <laughs> moment right here. <laughs> I've, I've let it sit stagnant for a while but because I wanted to build this base so that we could have a platform yeah. to help it grow too yeah mm-hmm. but but that's cool to know <laughs> it <laughs> is so thank you guys for really always cool. supporting my music it means the world <laughs> Well, we appreciate it, and we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you being appreciate vulnerable it. because, because uh, you know, our tagline says up close and personal, and we mean it. We want to get up close and personal. With, uh, like, um, well, I'll leave with this quick story. I remember we had a guy on the show, and we were talking, and he says, he says, to be honest with you, I don't get personal and all that. And I, so I had to call him out on that. So I asked him, I was like, do you know what our tagline is on our show? He says, no, not really. I was like, it says, up close and personal. He was like, oh, really? I was like, yeah. And he was, and then he got to thinking. He says, you know, I have actually opened up more to y'all than I have anybody. I was like, <laughs> so it was just funny that, that, you know, that sometimes people come on and they're trying to, their best not to be personal, but you're not, you're not going to get away with that on my show. <laughs> 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 so, but we want to thank you for being vulnerable because, again, that's what we want. We want to show. We don't want to just show the music of the artist. We want to show the person because that's really what matters. Is the person behind the music. Well, thank you. It's it's uh, it was very easy to open up to you too, and you know to be vulnerable. And so I appreciate that. That that comes from you guys and you being warm and asking the the right questions and being willing to <laughs> dig, dig a little deeper. So. Well, well, we appreciate that. And we look forward to having you back down the road. Yes, I would love that. Thank you. Uh, and you have a blessed day. You as well. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.